Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Happy Friday. It is Fantasy Sports Today here on FNTSY. Lots to get to here on the show today, including some major, major news in Major League Baseball. Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. Welcome in. This is Fantasy Sports Today here on FNTSY. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia as we are looking forward to getting into everything today. We got the AFC Championship, the NFC Championship, and we will get to that in just a minute. Joe Pizapia can be followed at Joe Pizapia 17 You can follow me at Craig Mish. You can certainly check out our great producer, Sean Guastamacchia, as well. And Joe, we'll get to a lot of football here on the show. Looking forward to the two games this weekend. Boy, it, it gets to this time of the year. And I am fighting with these picks, but I'll have the final ones tonight on my live stream over at the uh, Wager Alarm site. We'll start off uh, with baseball, Joe. Yesterday here on the show, uh, news broke as we were wrapping up that the Mets did indeed uh, part ways with Carlos Beltran, uh, the manager of the New York Mets, who was named in the commissioner's findings as far as the cheating scandal with the Houston Astros back in 2017 during the World Series. Uh, broke during the day that Beltron had decided to step down, put out a pretty solid statement, maybe better than all the rest. And then news percolated later in the day that actually uh, Beltron did not step down and that the Mets basically told him that um, that his services were more or less no longer needed. And uh, I guess maybe they had worked out something previously to say it. And then the Mets realized later in the day, hey, look, it's probably a bad look if we make it like Beltron is stepping down. Whatever. It's, uh, it's irrelevant at this point. Mets are now looking for a manager. Another manager is now out. This is the third one. And uh, we're, we're kind of we're getting close to the scale of the of the steroid scandal, I think, back in the 2000s. We're, I don't think we're quite there because certainly that changed the entire game. And this seems to be a, a handful of players, potentially, at, at least at, at the time that we're doing the show today. But another uh, disappointing situation and all eyes now are on what the next chip is to fall. I feel like every day we do the show, Joe, a new story comes out with this. It is. It's nowhere near the steroid scandal. I mean, the government isn't going to get involved and all that stuff. And, you know, I don't think that they have rewritten the record books, you know, of all of this because they were stealing signs, <laughs> like, you know, which, by the way, still stealing signs, regardless of what you think about it. It's part of the game. How they stole signs is still the scandal here. So if you're at second base and you touch your nose and that means hey, a fastball is coming and I see that it's pretty much the same thing. If you've got electronic buzzer up your rear end or if you've got uh, uh, someone banging a trash can or whistling or whatever the hell is, it's all the same. You just can't use electronics according to the rule book of what Major League Baseball put out there. So let's not get too holier than now and pretend like if I touch my nose and a fastball is coming, you see me touch my nose and here comes a fastball and you hit it. It's been like that since the dawn of the game. But uh, yes, Carlos Beltran, the newest chip to fall in this. And how Mets, right? You know, they let him walk away with class and then uh, they're like, wait, no, wait, we got to look strong here too. Oh, my Mets, you're such an embarrassment. I love you. Uh, so now they're in the search for another baseball manager. And that is now three managers in four days. That's 10% of Major League Baseball's managers to lose their job in four days over this scandal. And we are four weeks away from spring training which is really something when you think about this is a week typically is dominated by football discussion. And it said it's been the opposite. It has been dominated by baseball discussion, and rightfully so. There's a lot of good questions to ask and a lot of things to, you know, dig into and, and try to figure out where we are and where we're going from here as sports becomes more and more technological, which is amazing because you think about all the technology that's used and approved in the NFL and a sport like that, and everyone's got their little Microsoft tablets on the sidelines, and you know, Major League Baseball wants nothing. You know, you, you can't even have you know, the pitching machine. Is that electronic? Does it plug in? No, you can't have that either. It's it's crazy. You got to find a balance here as the world continues to evolve and the game's going to continue to evolve. Everybody involved in this was wrong. And the most wrong were the people at the top who allowed it to happen because you've got kids. I've got kids. You know, everybody sometimes is going to do things that are, you know, maybe questionable. It's up to the adults in the room 
not the 20 something year old kid, the 25 year old kid, whoever it is, because they are kids to always make good life decisions. That's what management's for. And it was a failure of management. And I think that's why Carlos Beltran could not go and continue to be a manager because you can't sell a fan base on this guy was a mentor to all these guys. And at the same time was somebody who was orchestrating this kind of a, a scandal in a major way. He's the only player mentioned by name. And I think that was purposeful because that was major league baseball sending a message to the Mets saying, Hey, you can't let this guy continue to be your manager because these other managers are going to get it. You can't have these guys at the top because you can't have somebody influencing these kids in a negative way and continue to have the integrity of the game. I think that's that's my take. Uh, I don't know if you think that's accurate or not, Craig, but what's your feelings on it? Yeah, there's a report that when they initially asked him, uh, Beltron, he wasn't forthcoming. And <laughs> that and that seems to be the reason that I had heard that why he was mentioned in this. And again, that's just my speculation. I don't know for fact, but of course, he can't be the manager, at least for the time being of the Mets. And my guess is eventually will get another opportunity to manage somewhere in the big leagues. It's just going to be a time period of a year or two. We're always prisoners of the moment with all of these stories. And then we don't realize that one day Hinch is going to manage again. Luno is going to be a general manager again. Beltron is going to be back in the game. All these things are going to happen. People don't think Luno so. Luno seems well, to be the one less likely from what I get. I mean, he, he man, will. He'll be like a general manager. Negative stuff around the yeah, He'll be a general manager again. He'll be under checks and balances of some kind. But at some point, some franchise in baseball is going to want to lose for four straight years and find the guy <laughs> to rebuild the whole thing, and he is clearly the guy to do it. I'll tell you, for, with all of this, and you bring up the point about telling your kids, and I'm, I've been in that position too, that to me is probably the hardest thing and the most disappointing thing because I think from my perspective, you're talking about specifically, if deeper involved in this, Jose Altuve, who is kind of the poster child in all of baseball for uh, overcoming adversity and working real hard and not being the biggest guy in the field but having the biggest heart, etc., and that inevitably could end up being the biggest disappointment for me with this. But above all, and and when it comes to the Astros or when it comes to any of these other players, I think that the reality of the situation, to, which bothers me the most, and, and I don't know if this will end up happening because to this point, the opportunity is getting close to past time where we are such a forgiving society. And I know that when I make mistakes and have made many mistakes and continue to in my house, it is simply just about an apology and an explanation. And, and I think that it would just go off so much better to not have this silence and just apologize and just, you know, we, you made a mistake. You, you know, it's going to cost you. Well, there's the embarrassment, term. Craig. That's the problem. It's it's hard. He's embarrassed by it. They're all the thing that made Jose Altuve great. The overcoming of enormous adversity of being a five, six major league baseball player who probably nobody wanted to sign growing up dirt poor. That same drive for perfection is the same drive that makes you make bad decisions. And I know that sounds crazy to some people, but it's, it is, it's the same thing of, I got here. I have to stay here on top. And it happens with not just athletes. It happens across the board and athletes are no different than everybody else. They're human like everybody else, but it's the same exact cog in their personality that makes them great, which is also oftentimes their undoing, whether it be in politics, whether it be in, in science, whether it be, I mean, it's a million things, you know, this, there's a scientist who rips off this other person's theory that they read somewhere and then makes it their own. I mean, there's all kinds of these things that happen. But I think what happened here with Altuve, you're right. If he goes out there and apologizes for it and and takes responsibility for it, I do think it goes a long way. I that do, being but said, it's not going to happen. It's We're probably I, it probably not. Instead, it's going to go the other way, which is internal revenge, and that could be will be productive too for these guys, including Bregman too. You know, let's let's not talk like Bregman's not involved in this too. A lot of the people in the discussion. No, he's a big him. factor for me as well. And I'm, you know, let's you know, not be, hang I'm, out the one you know the yeah. Latin kid on his own without the you know the golden boy too. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of his as well, and Springer and all the other guys. But you know, they're, they're, it's getting close to too late for an apology, and I think that that's still out there. And if indeed these guys know something or more than we know already, or or there's something more to be said. The silence is the hardest part because because we are such a forgiving society. We're on the brink of Barry Bonds getting into the Hall of Fame. Roger Clemens getting into the Hall of Fame. It took a long time. It did. They're getting in. I mean, it's going to happen probably not this year. It's close, but it's going to happen next year. They're going to be in. Mm -hmm. And um, and the forgiveness is there. The forgiveness is there with A-Rod. He's one of the most popular people right now in baseball. He's on and forgiveness TV. is good. We're all human. I That's sat in right. between we two of my two of my Spanish friends, two females who who helped me pass Spanish. And, and I cheated on that test because, you know what? I had a lot of things going on. And Spanish was beyond me some days. And you know what? We all have those moments where we look back and we, you know, did things we're not proud of. Of course. It makes just us human. Just have, to, it, just have to accept it and forgive right. it. Right. But, exactly. but again, not not admitting that you, you failed is, is the issue. And that's why it's hard to explain right. to our, our kids. And I don't know right. why that's not being talked about. Well, more. let's not use our let's not use athletes. As, like Charles Barkley said, they're not the role models. You be the role model at home. No, they're not. The but, they, but the kids require an explanation. And I Absolutely. Think. You're right. That's, that's, that, that has not happened. 
All right, the opening drive's coming up next. You're listening to Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First play from scrimmage The opening drive The first play of the game From the opening play And all the way for a touchdown And welcome back, this is Fantasy Sports Today Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show It is the opening drive Here on this Friday, January 17, 2020 and the internet is a wild place. And so I'm very, very careful to throw accusations and to, uh, you know, have wild things discussed on this show. I have to be uh, held a little bit more accountable than most because I'm covering uh, baseball specifically. Like, I can say anything I want about football and I'm not there and it, it really doesn't matter. But when it comes to baseball, I got to be a little bit more accountable for what I say and do. But, uh, I mean, basically, this is an internet story. So let's be clear on this one it's an internet story of which could become a huge story and also could become a complete waste of our time on January 17, 2020. We just don't know. Uh, and that's the unfortunate part of where things live on the Internet because you could basically just throw anything out there and people will take it as fact. As an example, yesterday in the afternoon, a picture was posted of Josh Reddick would appear to look like some sort of device on his shirt. It was very clearly a piece of confetti and his wife had to get online to post this thing and and basically go through a chronology to show how it was a piece of confetti. And that's the very unfortunate part of these stories is that, is that some of them are going to be false. So with me, I am not going to take this over the edge because had the wife not done that and had we not heard from Josh Reddick or his wife, we could be sitting here on the show talking about how Josh Reddick had a device on his, on him when after after one of the games. Right. So that's not a road that I'm going to go down. So when we present this information, understand that these are things that are just living on the internet and potentially could be false. I don't want to be irresponsible with this. So that being said, Yesterday, uh, Scott Barocious' son, in a post that was online, I saw it, people sent it to me, about uh, Mike Trout potentially using HGH because of some sort of thyroid issue. So, uh, Joe, look, again, this is something that we'll have to see what happens. It's unfortunate that people would put this stuff out there. If true, then this ends up being a bigger story. If false, I would ban this this person who posted this from ever being able to post again. And that's that's the part of this of these stories that make it so difficult. It does. And before anyone jumps guns or anything like that, it's, you know, you're right. And then this is the problem. We're in this day and age. But then again, a couple, you know, back in November, the Astro story was just something on the Internet, <laughs> you know, and then the athletic dug deeper into it. And next thing you know, it's a story. So we'll see what happens here. But I, I, I kind of go back to the same thing, which is these are all human beings. These are people who are um, getting tempted with massive amounts of money to do the thing that they love most in life. And I always put this to people, and I understand why people have a struggle with this, because most of us out here, most people don't get to do what they love for a living every day. They don't get up, they get up and go to work. You and I get up and go to play. Now, we've earned that. We worked our asses off to get here. But there's a difference. And I think there's always that little bit of resentment of, of man, I can't believe that guy did that. And, and part of it comes from resentment of, I'm not as happy as I could be or doing the thing that I wish or had the talent that this person had. But when you have the talents, you have the opportunity if something like this does become true, it doesn't make me think much less of this. It goes back to that human condition. The same thing that makes somebody great, the hard work ethic, the, all of those things. It's not, people think it's, you know, cheating is skipping a step. Not always. Cheating is sometimes just that that relentlessness in your personality to be great. And there there is a difference between those two things, I think. And, um, you know, we'll see what more comes of this. But um, if indeed it, it ended up being true or some fashion of it being true, does not change my opinion of Mike Trout as a person does not change my opinion of Mike Trout as a baseball player. It just doesn't. Like, you know what? These, you know what? It's just, if I was tempted with those same things to do the things that I, somebody said, hey, you can go take Rich Eisen's job at NFL Network 
All you gotta do is, uh, you know, continue to take this and you'll sound much better and you'll be much smarter and all these things. And you're gonna make millions of dollars and change your uh, family's life. Yeah, okay, sign me up. So I, I guess that makes me weak, but I get it. And I think it makes us human more than anything. Yeah, I, I, again, um, it just, it's, it, it, you know, it's it, it could be true. I mean, I, I don't know to be to it to be true or not, and it's definitely worth discussing and bringing up. But also, there's got to be a level of responsibility of you know. And, and I think you use a terrible example of just bringing just one incident up in November of a potential of something being true, because for that one, you probably have ten other things that have popped up on the you're internet. You're right. No, no, you're right. But up. I'm just saying we also can't dismiss it outright either. No, I know, but, but put because, yourself. You know, but, when I know, but, there's a bloodletting that happens with these things. Of course, but put yourself in the shoes. But put yourself in the shoes of Mike Trout right now. Oh no, it's terrible. Like, like well, you know what? Like, Mike Trout okay. should be in the forefront of it, saying this is right. BS. Okay, so right. where is he? Right, but but even still, I mean, why does he have to address something that maybe is completely false? I mean, it may because have because it's easy when it's completely false. If someone said something something to me about yeah, about my work, I would come out immediately and say, no, that's false. Right. So for example, so for example, if somebody in the industry who is no longer in the industry anymore, I don't even know who I would think said. Somebody stole RPV from me. Yeah, somebody said <laughs> right. that the, the black book is completely made up, and, right. and he used my <laughs> and information. I would say, suck it. <laughs> and you, right? You would go online, <laughs> but you know what, Joe? The damage is done. The damage is done. Somebody I think the has, damage. I think the damage is done. The longer it sits, and the longer it stews, and the longer people start. But doesn't it bother you the that damage. the damage is still done, even like one percent? That somebody it would do does, this to you? but it would bother me more to sit back and let somebody damage me and let it sit and stew because the longer something seeps into someone's brain. Now look, Rafael Palmero wagged his finger and told everybody it wasn't true either. And it right. turned out to be true. So, 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 so if so, so if I go online right now and I post, well, not me because I'm a bad example because I have some legitimacy. But if somebody without any legitimacy comes out and writes the same thing about Tom Brady tomorrow, does Tom Brady have to come out and say it's not yeah, true? He should. And so everybody He's in the world. That. Wait a minute, Craig. That happened a couple years ago. Don't you remember? With they what? were saying that some of the TB12 stuff there was a little hinky and some of the things he was taking and stuff. And he came out and had a statement about it on Instagram. So yeah, that's exactly what you do, and that's exactly what he did, and it went away so much that you don't even remember it as I'm bringing it up. Yeah. Well. I mean, and I, I'll tell you what, HGH, again, is very different than steroids. And a lot of people don't understand the difference of the science of it. Um, over the years, I've actually gotten into the science of it because I've, I've had some people on my shows and I've talked to them about it and stuff like that because I wanted to educate myself. And then my father was given it because he has he had a serious Crohn's disease issue. And it's given for a lot of people with bowel issues and things like that. It's it's regulated. It's treated. It's something that really helps people physically recover from surgeries, from intestinal diseases, uh, from, uh, you know, so children who have growth issues. It's a very useful thing if regulated and used properly and would actually help a lot of guys stay on the field and recover quicker from injuries. But because it got such a negative, abusive thing that happened back in the late 90s and early 2000s, unfortunately now it's just, no, it's banned. But you know what? Living better through science is something when, when you have a you know an issue or surgery or something, they'll prescribe you steroids. And you know, it's just funny to me that like you can't, you can use them for some things, but you can't use them if you're an athlete. Well, these guys are, are damaging their body every day for six, eight months to play a sport so we can watch them. I just think that we should we should think about it a little differently and understand the difference between regulation and abuse. That's all. Yeah. No, I I think it's possible. I just think that the it's a slippery slope, having to uh, defend every single thing that's said that's said on the internet. You know, that's that's you are you are, and it's difficult to defend every single thing. I just don't that think that you should have to. Um, okay, so moving on. Uh, look, we have no idea. The, the internet also posting all kinds of rumors and possibilities about players on the Astros because I understand it's difficult to talk about. No, I mean, I, I I'll listen, I'll say it in the way that I'll that, that I want to. Um, but there are a lot of things being posted, uh, pictures and creases and shirts showing the potential and video at the end of Altuve hitting a home run, why he didn't want to take off his shirt about potentially wearing wires and buzzing. And certainly it is a topic well worth discussing because there's a, certainly a chance that this indeed happened. Um, baseball said that they investigated it and they didn't find anything. Maybe they didn't do a good enough job investigating, which is absolutely certainly possible. If you watched uh, Billy Corbin's movie um, about Alex Rodriguez, Screwball, then you could see how poor a yeah, job Major League Baseball did in investigation. Mm -hmm. So it would not shock me at all if indeed or they specifically didn't want to find out. You know what I mean? It's, it's very possible that this happened. But until then, it's also hard for me to accuse guys of doing it. Um, until I see it. And, then at, and at the point that if they did, I will be the first one to say, my gosh, I can't believe it. And the whole thing. But I'm not going to throw guys under the bus without knowing. Uh, but I would not put it past them, given the fact that everything else did. I mean, banging a freaking drum is as bad as it gets. Like, I mean, these some horrible things happen and there has to be some accountability with it. But from our purposes here, the fantasy aspect of it, I know that people are uh, kind of jumping off some of these players right now. Um, my opinion of this is follows with the Houston Astros and guys specifically on this team. We're in a really tough spot here. If I knew for a fact 
that nothing was going to happen to the players in terms of suspensions, I have zero issues in fantasy taking anybody on the Houston Astros. None, zero, zip. The problem is at this point is that if the stories or the rumors, I would say, that have been posted, and by the way, some Major League Baseball players retweeting them and showing them, including Tommy Pham, if these are actually, and Trevor Bauer, if these are actually true, these allegations of the buzzing, I think that the Major League Baseball Players Association is going to work in conjunction with the commissioner's office and there could be suspensions coming. Those are decisions that fortunately for me don't have to be made right now because I'm not involved in any drafts. Mm-hmm. But some people are doing the NFBC and some people are doing best ball drafts. I cannot advocate taking these players at the spot that they're currently in being a little bit uncertain. And my advice would be for those people who are playing in the NFBC and are playing with best ball, uh, if you are concerned, maybe wait a week or two before you get involved in a draft where you have significant financial output in it if you're interested in taking these players because they are elite players in the game. Springer, Altuve, Correa, Bregman, etc. Uh, if I know they're going to play Joe, take them and take them where you normally do. Don't let them slip at all. But if there's a chance of suspension, that has to change my opinion. Of it. Yeah, well, look real quick. <clears throat> Everything you said is, is good, just is true, and I, and, I, and I back that 100%. And right now, you're in the world where you're unsure, but I would be surprised if they got anything. It seems like they want to just move on. Major League Baseball, especially with the players. You know, it's one thing to bang the managers and the organizations. It's another thing to bang the players here. This is especially with a, a looming uh, uh, contract coming up with the players soon. Uh, but Altuve, minor league slash, 325, 385, 478. Career road slash, 319, 363, 462. Alex Bregman, minor league slash, 300, 388, 503. Bregman, career road slash, Major League Baseball, 292, 388, 558. So... Uh, these guys are great hitters. They don't need to know what's coming or not coming. Don't worry about changing their value based on the small sample size of road games in the playoffs in 2017. That's a nonsense stat that people are trying to throw out right now. Look, go as per usual, but be careful and understand you have to at least back it up if you are going to take that plunge. Yeah, I, I think that if you, I mean, it's it's just basically an internal debate. I mean, if you believe that Astros players were using electronic devices and we're getting buzzed, and we're wearing things on their shirts, then you cannot take these players, if you believe that right now. You can't, because they're going to get suspended, if, if, if indeed that is the case. The Major League Baseball Players Association is going to step in, and they are going to uh, abandon these players. They will. In this particular situation, they, will, they have no choice. They're going to have to save face. If you don't believe that they were doing that, then take the players. That's my opinion of this, if that makes sense. We'll be back. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today in just a couple of minutes. We will preview the NFL weekend games. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24 hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Want to be the next daily fantasy legend? Go for the green with DailyRoto.com this fantasy golf season for a limited time. Get free access to Daily Roto's PGA DFS product, including fantasy projections powered by Data Golf, PGA betting tool, and of course, the DailyRoto.com fantasy golf optimizer. Do not lay up. Go for the green with Daily Roto. Head over to DailyRoto.com, enter the promo code GREEN to access your free seven day golf membership. That is DailyRoto.com, promo code GREEN for your free trial. DailyRoto.com, that is where millionaires are made. By the way, congratulations to SportsGrid as uh, Scott Farrell, longtime radio show host over on CBS Radio and uh, television and everywhere else, is joining uh, us here over at SportsGrid. It's going to be hosting a new show every single day over on the TV side and will be broadcast of the radio side of this, one of uh, the most significant hires that SportsGrid has had in a long period of time. Uh, also going to host in-game live uh, gambling shows as well. You can check all of this out at sportsgrid.com. The press release went out earlier this morning. Check it out. Congratulations to Scott Farrell for coming on board. All right, uh, Titans and Chiefs. Let's get into the games this weekend. I have find I have found these games very difficult to handicap. Very 
very difficult to handicap. And I think maybe the reason why is because they look exactly the same. Uh, I, I, I see... I see things similar to how we discussed them a little bit yesterday, where I, I kind of feel like both teams are going to win uh, that are at home. I kind of feel like that. I went back and looked at some historical data, and it seems to be that there's almost no chance that both cover. Almost none. It, it's almost like almost every year, one of the the dogs is covering. But... It feels like both teams win and neither team covers. I, I kind of think that that could be feels the direction that, way. that they have. Yeah. It feels like we're, we're headed toward a historical weekend and a fun AFC and NFC championship. I'm not ready quite yet to make the final call on that, but I do feel like taking the points in both spots may end up being the deal. There are some people that feel like going against the Chiefs and that offense is too dangerous. But we've been saying this for five weeks with the Titans already here. And it's like, how many times can you think that the Titans aren't going to do it and they just keep doing it? Uh, they are uh, the Chiefs at this point, Joe, are laying seven and a half. There's some spots it is seven, but you can get seven and a half. And the total is 52 and a half. For the purposes of this show, of the four possibilities of just the standard sides and totals to take, which would basically be taking either the Titans and Chiefs in the over or under. Uh, I think my best play of the four here is going to be taking Tennessee plus the seven and a half points. And I think that uh, they have a they I think the Titans have a better chance to beat Kansas City than Green Bay does to beat San Francisco. But I do feel like uh, the way that the Titans play is more conducive to an outright win and a very close game in the end where a field goal potentially would decide it. And Kansas City's kicker is definitely uh, heads and tails above Tennessee's kicker, who has basically been on the team for two weeks. So I am going to take Tennessee plus the points. Yeah, I think if you had to ask me which is the one that's going to cover, it would be Tennessee. The last time these two teams faced off, Tennessee actually won. It was uh, the 10th of November. It was the 35-32 game in Tennessee. So um yeah, it's. It, I think you're getting a different Chiefs team. You're certainly getting a different Chiefs defense now. Uh, Derrick Henry's been on an incredible role. Personally, I think Cinderella turns into a pumpkin here, and I, I don't think the Titans can win this football game. But can they keep it close? I think they can only because that Derrick Henry rushing ability, that ability to keep a game, keep the ball, keep that clock on your side, and I, I feel like that is that tends to give you that cover. <laughs> you know, teams that can do that because we all know the Chiefs can go out there and score in one play or two plays. So that's where it becomes a little tricky for me. I agree with you, though. It does feel like both of these games, there is a clear favorite and the clear favorite will move on. But if I'm going to pick one to cover, it would be Tennessee out of these two. And then uh, everything you said, I think, is is spot on with all this. Um, but, you know, I just if the Titans should upset the chiefs here and just went outright, man, that is that, that I think really has to make you stop and wonder, maybe this is just the team of destiny this year. It doesn't matter who they're going to face. Maybe they've just got the, the right plan, the right approach, and nobody's been able to game plan against them. And when you think about it, that's really the problem, right? I feel like everybody, nobody's tried to game plan against the Titans yet. And I don't know if the chiefs are capable because the last game plan against the Titans wasn't very good. They lost. Yeah, it, it, it basically in the postseason in the NFL playoffs, um, historically speaking, the team that had to week a win on the road in week 17 and win on the road in the first round of the playoffs was like a zero percent cover and win rate last week, like their third straight time, which was last week. And they defied that against arguably the best team in football. So how and and so now we're headed toward the fourth week, which is like a zero 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 percentage of winning and covering. But after what happened last week, I don't know how you can't consider that. Now you know, look, Tennessee did get lucky. Um, the game should have been closer, without a doubt. If if Baltimore converts one of their three fourth down conversions, there's more points on that on that board for for uh, Baltimore. Maybe a seven, maybe a three. We don't know. There should have been more points scored in the game. It's very unusual three times on fourth and one to not get one of the three. And Baltimore had been excellent at that all year. But, of course, Ingram was hurt and um, they were running these 
plays with Lamar Jackson that didn't work out. So I do think that um, that the Titans cover. I would not rule out a direct win. Uh, let's go through an outright win. Let's go through some of the props here for for this game, and these are courtesy of the FanDuel Sportsbook. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, 310 and a half pass yards in the game. That's his number, Joe. What you got on here? What you got on this one? I'm going to go under. Last week was such a bonanza. I think it comes back to earth a little bit this week. I think there's a little bit more of a, a grinding game than than even the last time these two teams met. Uh, I'm going to go over. I'm going to wow. go. I'm going to go over because of the total in the game. The total is 52 and a half and Vegas, I think, can be wrong by five or 10 points. But even if this game is in the 40s, I still think that he's going to throw for a lot of yards. And I don't really trust the run game of Kansas City in this game. So I'm going to go over on this Uh, Tannehill's number 230 and a half pass yards. If the Chiefs win then this is going over. If the Titans win or keep it close, that this is going under. And so I'm not going to go against myself. So I am going to go under 230 pass yards for Tennessee. Uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. I, I, I think that he throws for more of these throw in the last couple of weeks, but I don't see this above 230. And remember, he picked up a 50 on that pass that he threw right at the beginning of the game last week. So I'm going under 230. He's barely thrown for that much in the you know playoff so far, <laughs> so I'm going to go under because it just doesn't seem to be with their their secret sauce for winning these games. It seems to be run the ball, play defense, Ryan Tannehill, go make a play, and if that's going to hold true, I think that's that's the Ryan Tannehill prescription there. So I'm going to go under on this one too, and because I, I think the 52 is an under too. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, I I think for prop purposes, it would be fun to see Derrick Henry in the Super Bowl. We would have fun with that, but for this game. His uh, his rushing total is 110 and a half rush yards. And I don't know if this is going to win or lose, but I would bet over it all day long on this. I am. There's no possible way that I would go under and bet against Derrick Henry it would make no sense to do that. None. Zero zip over 110 for me. Um, Yeah, I would agree over 110 too. I think it just has to be if it's Derrick Henry. It's, it's Derrick Henry season, baby. You keep riding this train till it till it derails, no matter what. I don't know if they have an answer. No one's had an answer for it yet, so I'm going to go alone. No one has stopped them yet. So, I mean, what am I going to just all of a sudden predict Kansas City is going to stop them? No. Damian Williams, 57 and a half rush yards. Um, You know what? I'm going to go over on this one. I feel like he's starting to click there. Everything's starting to click. So I'm I'm gonna go over this one. I think I think they finally found it. I think that's also part of the reason why the Chiefs are looking as unstoppable as they are, is because they found a little balance. And that's that was the problem, especially most of the regular season, is they're very predictable, although talented, they were very predictable offensively. And I think that's that's a problem. It's the problem that the Vikings last year fell into, and that's why they fell apart because they became predictable when Dalvin Cook got hurt. So I'm gonna go over here. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll go under. Tennessee's defense seems to be good enough. Uh, to stop these guys and uh, Williams, I thought last week in a lot of late garbage time rushing yards, I'll go under 57 and a half Mahomes, 18 and a half rush yards. I thought last week was the first time that he showed that he was super healthy and, and had a, a couple of really good runs, you know, not a 40 yard run or anything like that, but a couple of like get the first down type runs. So I'm going to go over 18 and a half rush yards with him. Uh, I'm going to go over to you. He, he showed a lot of escapability last week. So I like that. Travis Kelsey's number is 79 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I'm going to go over here. I think Kelsey's the guy in this game. I really do. Um, I'll go over as well. I don't feel great about it. Uh, Tyree kills 76 and a half receiving yards. I'm going to pass this one. I think this is, I, I, you know, you always pass Tyree kill. Could be great. <laughs> you know, you just never know. It's a hard one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Watkins, 43 and a half receiving yards. He's really just weirdly not involved in the first half of games. And then all of a sudden in the second half, it's like, oh, yeah, Sammy Watkins. And he catches. I would, I would say over, especially if I'm going to pass the Tyreek Hill one. And I'm not a big Sammy Watkins truther at all. Far from it. So I'm going to I'm going to pass this one, too. But I, if I had to, I would go over. All right, uh, Corey Davis hasn't really been involved at all. His number's 38 and a half. <laughs> like, you're crazy. If you're throwing money on Corey Davis, I don't know what to tell you, man. That That is a shot in the dark. 
All right. How about Henry's rush attempts? Twenty-two and a half. Um, I'm gonna go over. I think you yeah, get him twenty-five too. times. Yeah, I think like that's one of the better ones on this board. All right, we'll be back with more fantasy sports today. Don't go away. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish, Joe Pizzapia here with you. We just went through the Titans and Chiefs. Now let's take a look at the Packers and 49ers. I don't ever remember the same exact spread being in both games, the AFC and NFC Championship. I mean, it looks like it. <laughs> it's weird. I, I don't recall it either. <laughs> seven and a half, seven and a half. I mean, that's the current line as we're doing this right now. Uh, that could change tomorrow. We still have some time. Let me just keep updating this just to see. But yeah, no, seven and a half, seven yeah. and a half. Nothing, nothing real different. Um, and getting uh, getting seven and a half for Tennessee is a little bit favorable. So that, that could be a seven in some spots. But yeah, no, the 49ers are a solid seven and a half point favorite. Uh, gosh, this one is a lot tougher for me. Like I, I went into the week thinking I was definitely taking Green Bay. And then I started trying to look at the total here, maybe try and snag an over or an under, and I really don't have a good feel on that either. I think I'm just going to end up taking the Packers again in this game, plus seven and a half. And you know what? I I got fooled last week. I'm not going to get fooled two weeks in a row. At least I hope not. So uh, what I saw, the 49ers fresh off that bye, dominating the line of scrimmage on both ends of the ball. Uh, I just think that's what's going to give the Packers a hard time. And the Packers, look, look, they they do two things. They run the ball with Aaron Jones, and they throw the ball to Devontae Adams. That's it. That's pretty much the offense right now. If you can slow down one of those things, and one of them I think is going to be slowing down that run with Quan Alexander back and some of the other guys and other pieces they've gotten back healthy here after this long season, I I find a hard time. I think the 49ers win this one pretty easily. I actually think this one is a a 49ers romp. I really do. And, and, uh, you know, it's not because I dislike Aaron Rodgers. It's just because I I just don't feel like they match up with them in the front. They're a very physical football team. And although the Packers and Zadarius Smith specifically have gotten them more physical, I just don't think they match up. They got obliterated the last time they played. Will be more respectable, maybe. But I don't know if it's more than a touchdown respectable. So I'm going to go with the uh, the 49ers here in the seven and a half. OK. All right. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's passing yards at two forty six and a half. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over here. I actually think that, uh, you know, Debo and those guys, I mean, it was what they do. They run the slant. Somebody's going to break one of them, him or Kittle. So I think that's going to pad those stats a little bit. I'll go over, but not by much. Okay, I'll go under on this one. The 49ers run and run and run some more. They do. So it would require a long passing touchdown, which is not impossible, but I'll I'll go or passing just completion. But I'll go under 246 and a half. Uh, Rogers, 238 and a half. I'm going to go under. That's pretty much been his average on the year. And um, I just think they're going to give him a hard time. And I don't think he's going to have a lot of time to throw the football either. I think that's the big difference, too, is because I think they're going to get after the quarterback. And the one thing about this Packers offensive line is they gave up a ton of sacks this year. And they're going to give up they gave up a ton of sacks in the last time they played. And I think it's going to happen again. I think Bose is going to be all over him. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go under here. Hey, you should just take the under in the game then. You just basically locked it up right there. That's pretty much it. Oh, I'm taking the under in the game, sure. I just don't I don't think the Packers can get enough going here. I really just don't. I think this is going to be a this, this to me is like a I don't know. Like a 
30, 13 kind of like, I like, like they could be like that could get ugly again. Kind of like the last one. I think I just don't think they can compete with them. I just don't. All right. I mean, it's the two teams you hate the most. That's for sure. I don't hate the 49ers. I just, I just, it's taken me a long time. Yeah. You went against them like every week. up until be, Well, but I was right against them. And when they played Seattle, just saying I was right against the twice, really. Cause I think both times you get the second time too, you can agree that Seattle should have won that football game and didn't. Uh, I was right when they lost to Baltimore and I started to think, okay, well maybe they're not as good. And you know what? I mean, they played the Vikings and the Vikings had played very well and they put a hurt on the Vikings and they were fresh and ready. And I think they're going to be fresh and ready this time too. I know you just didn't think that he would, they would four and even get to this point. So no, no. Cause I thought they were a bit of a paper tiger. I thought they were the classic. We know we kind of fell into the one seed and look at us and we bleed the press clippings, but they came out there ready. And that's a credit to the coaching. Kyle Shanahan got a, a nice bee in the bonnet for me, at least for that. And I mean, I know he really cares about what I think about him, but I was impressed. I always thought Kyle Shanahan is a great football mind, but I was concerned how well this team is going to be prepared after this layoff, after getting the one seed and kind of I'm not, not falling into it, but kind of falling into it. <laughs> and they fell into it. And you know what? They made the most of it. So good for them. And now I'm going to buy in. All right. Most dirt, 49 and a half rush yards. I'll go over this. Um, I'm going to go over as well. Aaron Jones, 65 and a half rush yards. I will go over that. Um, I'm going to go under. I think they hold them. I think this is where it falls apart. So I'm going to go under. Okay. Coleman, 38 and a half rush yards. I will go over this as well. Um, I'm going over on all the rushes. You're going over rushing. Yeah, I'll go over by a little. I mean, I don't think 38 is that hard of a number. That's that's pretty easy right there. Jimmy Graham, 23 and a half receiving yards. If, under. He have, if he didn't have that reception last week, you'd go under all day long. It's just like that. That one reception is glaring in everybody's mind from last week. So yeah, I think he's got to go under just on the track record of their season and his productivity, don't much, you? Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, I'll go under as well. Uh, Debo Samuel, 49 and a half receiving yards. I will go under this. Over for me. Debo is their favorite guy right now, and they don't have an answer for him over in Green Bay. Okay. Devontae Adams, 84 and a half receiving yards. This guy's been bulletproof since he's been healthy, so I will go over 84 and a half. I'll go over, but I think it's going to be for naught. I think it's going to be, he'll he probably all have 100 yards because they'll throw to him 15 times, but I just don't think it's going to be enough at the end of the day to result in a competitive game for them. Right. I mean, but we're just looking at the prop here, and 84 and a half seems good. It seems like a Oh, good absolutely. Over. It does. Yeah. Kittle, 75 and a half receiving yards. Mm, tough one. Man, he's like every other game is good. It's weird. Like last week was nothing. <laughs> the week before was great. The week before was nothing. The week before was great. Yeah. Uh, no. I will. Um, I'll go over on Kittle. I'll go over no. 75 and a half. You and me both. Let's both. Let's go over together. Let's do it. Okay. Sanders, 46 and a half is a definitive under for me. Um. Yeah, I'm going to pass on this one. Okay. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, one and a half passing touchdowns. I'll let you go first here. Over. Over one and a half. I will. They're going to have the ball a lot. 46 and a half. I will say under one and a half passing touchdowns on Garoppolo. Go with one. Aaron Rodgers, one and a half passing touchdowns. Under. Under what is their team total? I gotta take a look at that. I will go over one and a half. I'm, I wonder what their what the that's an interesting one too. What Green Bay's team total is for this week? It's gotta be if um if the game total is forty six and a half, their team total is probably like twenty three. Interesting. Oh, this could be a thirty four. Like I said, thirty fourteen something like thirty thirteen. I just feel like that's where it's gonna lay. Yeah, I doubt it. Uh, Alan Lazard thirty three and a half receiving yards. Pass. <laughs> Sorry. If you if anybody could tell me what Lazard and Bourne are week to week, good luck. Yeah. At least they have the props though. It's really good. The and last couple well, of weeks we've had Bourne's week last week. I mean, that was a tremendous performance from him. Yeah, the Vikings, because of, of Thielen and Diggs going into the game uncertain, and they were fine, but going into the game uncertain, we didn't have nearly as many props as we have for this game. And we will for the Super Bowl too. Uh I will on Lazard throw a dart. Um, with a no bet, but say over 33 and a half and born. I would guess that the Packers would have 
are going to focus a little bit more on this guy after what we saw last week. So I'll go under on him, 19 and a half receiving yards. How about Kittle's receptions at six and a half? This is a fantastic number. So I'm running away because I think it's spot on. I think it's like right there. You know, he doesn't catch 10 balls. He's not like a Kelsey kind of tight end all the time. You know, that's that's a rarity for him. It's just he makes the most of the ones he does catch. So I, I get a pass from this one. Okay. Uh, how, about how about you? You have anything on that, Kittle? Uh, yeah. Um, six and a half. I'll go over. I'll go over on Kittle. I, I, I think that um, San Francisco's success will be with Garoppolo and Kittle this week. I'll have to. Um, at least that's what I'm trending by giving these out. Uh, Debo Samuel, three and a half receptions. Over. Absolutely. This is a gimme, I feel like. How is this not a gimme? They don't play well in the corner position at all. I, and as far as linebacker coverage, eh, not great at all. And all they do is throw those slants. And Debo got a ton of looks, a ton of targets. I, Debo's been their guy in the second half. I'm actually shocked that this is three and a half. I thought this would be closer to five. Personally, I don't, I don't get this one at all. Well, he had three catches last week. I, I know, but how many, how many targets did he have last week? I have no idea. I don't know, but I, that's a just looking at the second half, the game log for for Debo. I, I it's going to be more. I, I I would go over this one. Okay, yeah, he only had four catches two weeks ago. Also, he only had one catch uh, against Atlanta. I don't I mean I wouldn't say it's a gimme. I mean, it, I understand where you're coming from, but he only had six targets last week, five the week before, six the week before, three the week before. I don't know. Maybe just feels like because everyone he catches is so impactful. Am, am I overestimating him? He catches some long passes. Yeah, he's got. He's had a twenty-five, a twenty-nine. It's like always on third down, or always in a big spot, or always. Like, yeah, I think maybe that's maybe maybe it's just to have the impact of the catches he makes are so great when you're watching them play. Maybe it just feels game, like more. I guess that's what I'm getting. The game at, against so. New Orleans was his, was was a big game. He had a uh, eight eight targets in that one. But in general, it's been threes, fours, fives for the most part. Uh, uh, I'll go. Uh, I'll go. I'll ride with you and go over. But it's not one I feel great about. Uh, Adams twenty three and a half yards is the longest reception for him. Um, I'll go over this one. Adams has got a big play in him. He's a wonderful player. I think he has a good game. So I'll go over twenty three and a half as well. Uh, Aaron Rodgers thirty six and a half pass attempts. Um, he had 50 pass attempts a couple of weeks ago. I'll, I'll go over this. I'll go over 36 and a half. But I think that if if Green Bay has to stay in this one, it's going to have to be on Rodgers. So I'll go over this. I'm going to go under because I think there's going to be three and outs. And I think there's going to be uh, not a lot of time for him to get the ball off. So I'm going to go under, not by a lot. I think it gets in the 30s, but I don't think it goes over 36. All right. We got... Uh, these are fun too. Aaron Jones's first rush in the game, three and a half yards. <laughs> Sounds about right, <laughs> doesn't it? It's like right. impossible. But you know, these 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 feel like more like Super Bowl props where you're at the last game of they the do, season. They do. They're just to trying do. to find something. Like you go, we got to bet on any of these. The last chance we have to bet on NFL for six. That's that's really why people do those. I think. Oh, you think? Of course. I mean, they bet on the coin toss. They bet on what the coin's going to be. They bet on you know. You know, who's going to wear the towel? <laughs> like, come on. It's just crazy with some of the things that they bet on there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, three and a half sounds about like a cloud of dust, right? Doesn't that sound about right? Sounds right. Sounds right. All right. Uh, that will do it for the NFL discussion portion of this program. Coming up next, we'll have the best of the first hour. And then in hour number two of our show, we'll touch on a lot of baseball and move away a little bit, at least from some of the scandalous stuff. And back to the 2020 fantasy baseball season. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. If you're listening to us live, let me give you some of the options the way that you can hear us. The first, of course, is by going to fantasysportsnetwork.com or sportsgrid.com. The other way is by tuning in to TuneIn Radio or iHeartRadio. Both of those have apps that you can listen to the show uh, 24-7, live or even on demand. And speaking of on demand, Stitcher is a great app. Basically, wherever you listen to a podcast, if you type in FST, then you could listen to this show. And you can also subscribe to it every day in your podcast app. And guess what? We send that thing right to you every single day. Best of the first hour is next. Hour number two is on deck. Don't go away. More fantasy sports today after this.
Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. Maybe this is just the team of destiny this year. It doesn't matter who they're going to face. Maybe they've just got the the right plan, the right approach, and nobody's been able to game plan against them. And when you think about it, that's really the problem, right? I feel like everybody, nobody's tried to game plan against the Titans yet, and I don't know if the Chiefs are capable because the last game plan against the Titans wasn't very good. They lost. Yeah, and basically in the postseason, in the NFL playoffs, um, historically speaking, the team that had to week, a win on the road in Week 17 and win on the road in the first round of the playoffs was like a 0% cover and win rate last week, like their third straight time, which was last week. And they defied that against arguably the best team in football. So how and, and so now we're headed toward the fourth week, which is like a zero, 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 zero percentage of winning and covering. But after what happened last week, I don't know how you can't consider that. Now, you know, look, Tennessee did get lucky. Um, the game should have been closer without a doubt. If, if Baltimore converts one of their three fourth down conversions, there's more points on that on that board for, for uh, Baltimore. Maybe a seven, maybe a three. We don't know. There should have been more points scored in the game. It's very unusual three times on fourth and one to not get one of the three. And Baltimore had been excellent at that all year. But, of course, Ingram was hurt. and um, They were running these plays with Lamar Jackson that didn't work out. So I do think that um, that the Titans cover. I would not rule out a direct win. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. Hour number two, if you're listening live or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today.